It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hook them up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Man, what a weekend it's going to be. U.S. Grand Prix is here. F1 weekend is upon us. Congratulations. We gave away, I did not know this. We were doing the uh, text to win contest. Oh, yeah. Race. We didn't give away a pair of three-day wristbands. We gave away five pair of three-day wristbands. Yeah. I thought it was one pair. So did I. Christina Killingsworth, our uh, marketing director, told me yesterday. No, yeah, we, we, we had five winners. Good yeah. five winners. Christina Killings were killing it. Killing it. So congratulations mm-hmm. to those who uh, swiped up those tickets. Wow, those that's passes. fantastic. And, and we told you when we changed our text line number, we know that could be a bit of a hassle. We went from 337-3776 to 447-3776. That was all to be able to give you cool stuff like that. And that's that was amazing. a text-to-win contest. That's so cool. And five of you won. Now you'll be out at the U.S. Grand Prix all weekend long. Very cool. Man, that is fantastic. That's, like I said, that might be the best damn prize we've ever given away. Five it's, of them. it's in the conversation. Yeah, so check that out this weekend. Obviously, if you're not going to the race, you might want to avoid that area and be prepared. If you're if you're planning to fly out on from Monday, be ready because the airport's going to be jammed today and certainly leaving on Monday, uh, getting up and out of here with all the folks descending upon Austin from all over the world for the U.S. Grand Prix and um, the weekend that comes. And that always, you know, that that brings a ton of money, Rod. We know that, like, oh, like, well, like big money. Like rich international, people. international no, billionaires, wealthy people. Yeah, the traveling. The difference between being rich and wealthy, and some wealthy people. Well, then what do you know? You got <laughs> you got all these pop up concerts that are going on, like where rich people pay uh, entertainers to mm-hmm. perform, right? Yep. Uh, I think Ty's going to one an industry thing tomorrow night. Uh, the Black Pumas and some other bands. Yeah. That, Se- secured my date to that last night. You oh, I was going to have to go on another mandate. But is it a female? Another mandate? It's a fe- I, yeah, a female. A Good for real, you. Where'd you come up with that? Was just a, a, a deep petty. A, a date? Oh, where'd you come up? You with picked that? up some strange deep petty that's no, going well, with you. I, I had I had known this lady. I was actually See? so I went to no the tavern. Strange. I went to the tavern for the game, and then after the Abreu home run, I was like, it was literally I was literally the only Rangers fan in there. The tavern rot like was shaking when that home run happened. <laughs> Way to go, was, tavern! Twelve. I was like, I can't be never here. too far from twelfth of Lamar, baby. Yeah, I can't. I was like, I can't be here. I went home. I took off my shoes, took off my socks, gotten changed clothes, got in bed, and then I got a text that, "Are you going to Deep Eddie tonight?" And I was like, oh. You were in bed, and you went all the way back to Deep Eddie. I literally, yeah, I, hey, I drove to it's North undefeated. Yeah. It paid off. It did. It did. I had no regret. And I was like, man. It is undefeated. Like, yes, it no is. matter what. And then my guy, Juan, shout out, bartender there. I walked in. He gave me a shot of tequila instantly, and I was feeling better. But mm, did not I watch know. the end of the game. Hey. You didn't need to. So I, was, say, I, was wor- I, was, I was working a different game. That's exactly. You and know now you mean? have a date for the uh, industry party featuring the Black Pumas on Saturday night. Coffee is for closers. Yes. ABC, always be closing. That's baby. right. That's right. Always be closing. Well, have a great weekend. Whatever everyone's doing, watching football, not watching your Texans or Cowboys this weekend. I'm actually going to the beach, Rod. Galveston. Ooh, Galveston. Nice. My uh, younger sister, my young, my only sister, turns 40 this this next week, so... 
for having That's a cool. little get-together for her to celebrate nice. the 40th. And you got to do big things Legit. on big birthdays like that, 40 oh, and 50. And, hey, man. You're blessed to see it. Yeah, I get to see my family, get yeah, to see man. my brothers, and uh, we'll watch the Longhorn game and have a good time this weekend. So that's our plan. Hopefully you've got some good plans for the weekend. Uh, football plans. Football plans for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, Rod, you oh. and uh, you and Patrick will be out at Doc's Backyard uh, yeah. tomorrow. Uh, one to three, so come on out and join us. Uh, plenty of specials on Bud Light, Michelob Ultra out there. So come on out and hang out with us. Uh, my man, spot, man. Yeah, I think Ty might come hang out for a little bit. I'll be there. All right, boom, Ty, I'll be there. Boom. Just boy. Yeah, that's a great, it's a really good place to watch the game. The weather's going to be great. It'll be warm tomorrow. The temperature's climbing into the 90s. Oh, it's gonna be. It's a beautiful day to be hanging out at Doc's backyard. Yep. Great outside uh, patio area. It's fantastic. That football smell is officially in the air every day. That's exactly right. Mm. That's exactly right. What does football smell? What does it smell Just like? Just like the fall, you know, the, the change of season. Yeah. No, you're right. It we feels. Wake it, it's a little cooler in the air. Oh. Based on our debate awesome. of last hour, by the way, someone did clarify we will fall back November the fifth because Ty woke. Ty got in his car today and his clock was. Change. I don't know how that happened. Maybe the tequila. Somebody's, somebody's pranking. Somebody time. tequila got you. I don't know. Somebody's but uh, his, we are we will fall back in about three weeks. Yeah, two and a half weeks. November the fifth is when the fallback is, um, and it is happening. I know there's been some legislation to eliminate the whole daylight mm, savings thing. Yeah, people think it's unnecessary, and it probably is. All right. Yeah. Let's get to headlines, trending topics, top stories to start your Friday morning. Top Gun Reynolds and Lawn Equipment bring you the top stories. And we start with baseball. You have the All-Texas American League Championship, Championship Series. Now nodded at two games each. Houston Astros roll path the Rangers in game four last Go night. 10 to 3. Houston jumped out early 3-0 thanks to four straight hits from the top of their order. Against Andrew Heaney, only managed two outs in the game. Alex Bregman tripled this plate of pair. Uh, Jordan Alvarez single to score Bregman. It was 3 nothing Houston. Homestanding Rangers over did rally to tie it at three home runs from Adolis Garcia and Corey Seager. Book ended a, uh, in, in the middle. Josh Young had a uh, sacrifice fly. Houston's bats, though, went to work again in the top of the fourth. Back-to-back walks to start the inning. Then Mauricio Dubon singled. Jordan Alvarez put the Astros in front with a long sacrifice fly. And that brought Jose Abreu to the plate with two aboard. Two pitch to Jose Abreu. Hammered the left center field. Way back. Yeah, no doubt about it right there. Houston tacked on two more in the seventh, one in the eighth to finish it off. They leveled the best of seven series at two games each, improved to eight and one this season at the Rangers' home ballpark. Uh, that'll be the site today of game five. 4 7 is the first pitch. Yesterday uh, in Arizona, the Diamondbacks took game three of the NLCS. Two to one was the final. Could tell Marte laced an RBI single in the ninth to break a 1 1 tie and walk it off for the Snakes. Philadelphia still leads that series two to one. Game four is tonight. Out in the desert. College football, more midseason accolades for the Longhorns yesterday. Running back Jonathan Brooks and defensive lineman Devondre Sweat were named to the 2023 midseason watch list for the Maxwell Award and the Bidneric Award, respectively. The Maxwell has been given to, America, to college football's top player since 1937. Bidneric Award honors college football's best defensive player. Eighth-ranked Longhorns open up the second half of their season tomorrow afternoon, 3 o'clock, facing the Houston Cougars. As Rod just said, Doc's Backyard, our location, 1 o'clock tomorrow for the pregame show. NFL, good one on Thursday night football. How about uh, Jacksonville? They held on for a 31-24 win over the Saints in New Orleans. Saints tied the game at 24 in the fourth quarter, but Jags quarterback Trevor Lawrence hit Christian Kirk. 44-yard catch and run. Touchdown to, to be the game winner. Jags improved to 5-2 and two on the year. Saints fall to 3-4. and four. College football, Rice Owls rolled past Tulsa last night, 42-10. James Madison pulled out a win at Marshall, 20-9. High school football weekend kicked off last night with Leander. Huge come from behind win, beat Hendrickson, 41-40. Anderson took care of Del Valley. Crockett and McCollum both posted shutouts last night. 
Tonight, it's Vandergriff, 7-0 Vipers. High school football facing Cedar Ridge tonight, 7 o'clock, right here on the Horn. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Halloween here is scarier than an OU cheerleader without makeup. But nothing scarier than missing out on employee pricing on all our zero-turn mowers this month. Top Gun. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. All right, three-game series now. Between the Astros and the Rangers. Three games. Three games, baby. Unfortunately for Houston, two of them are in Minute Maid Park. Yeah, I don't know what <laughs> – yeah. I mean, you brought this up during the season, and I hate that it still has continued to be the case that the Astros are actually a, a bad to uh, – average to below average team at home, and they are the best team in Major League Baseball on the road. And that has actually – that trend has continued in the playoffs. They're still really good, if not the best team in Major League Baseball on the road, but at home – for some reason, we don't know what it is. They just don't play the same brand of baseball. It's weird. They, they don't hit. The, this is the this and this this proves the the point. The, this is the ALCS. This is the fourth postseason series um, that featured zero leads at any point by the home team to, through the first four games of the series. Yeah, they just don't hit at home for whatever reason, Ron. They don't. They don't hit as well. That doesn't um, make any sense, I know. though. It I, doesn't make sense. E. I know. It doesn't make any well, sense. Well, at all. remember they went into Arlington in, in early September and scored forty runs in three games and pounded the Rangers. He broke some records on them. And then they, and you kind of felt like they locked up the division with that. Really sent a message, but then they kind of stumbled through September mm-hmm. with a lot of home losses to teams like Kansas City and Oakland, um, just losing games they shouldn't be losing. But now they go into Arlington after you know losing games one and two and put up, you know, back to back big offensive games again. Uh, it, it's exactly a, it, right. it's a weird deal, without a doubt. Now Rangers, there's also the fact that who's pitching right? The, I mean the Rangers were able to start, you know, Jordan Montgomery who will start today's game, uh, and then Nathan Avaldi in Houston in in Arlington. It was Max Scherzer who wasn't sharp, and then last night Andrew Heaney was a disaster. He didn't. Make it out of the first inning. Uh, just the Astros just came and attacked him, uh, ambushed him early and often, and he was out. They had to go to Dane Dunning in the first inning. So that's part of it too, and that's the advantage the Astros have is the Rangers have two really good starting pitchers right now, and then a lot of question marks. Houston a little deeper in that regard, uh, but we'll see. You know, you need better starts from you know, Justin Verlander. Didn't pitch poorly in his first start. Gave up two runs. One of them came on a kind of a hustling double and a. Not hard hit single, and then a home run to Leody Tavares. It was really the worst pitch he made. Uh, but man, Jordan Montgomery was outstanding in that game one start. It doesn't matter what ballpark you play in. If he pitches like that, it's going to be a problem for Houston today. Uh, there's no doubt about that. So this should be a good one. Uh, Rangers are just trying to get their best arms back on the mound because Bruce Bochy has mm-hmm. had to go. He's had to go yeah. to the bullpen early in each of the last two games. He probably stuck with Max Scherzer too long. On on in game three, but he wanted to get four innings out of him, but he gave up five runs. I mean, Heaney didn't get out of the first inning. They they yeah. kind of went to the bottom of the bullpen the past two games too. That I've noticed, like Stratton and a few other guys hadn't pitched in like a month. And can I say this? Mm-hmm. And I got into this on Twitter last night before we get to Rod's rant. Um, this will be my rant, Rod. Give it to me because I've been saying it for more than a decade now on on this radio station. We, we the, the the umpire last night behind the play is unacceptable. Yeah, that was bad. That's unacceptable. I didn't even watch half the game, and I saw at least five or six it's un- it's, like it's, terrible it's, calls. It's terrible. It's again, I've been arguing for an automated strike zone forever. No one would notice the difference. The players would appreciate it. Just have them still call the balls and strikes. Well, that's what I've always said. You wouldn't even notice it. The umpire has to be there. It's a base. You have to call the, the mm. home plate. You got to call plays at the plate. You got to call foul tips. You got to call everything that the home plate umpire is in charge of. 
but all you do is you put a, a, a device in his hand that that either lights up green or red, mm. a ball or a strike. That's yeah. all you do. You take it out of his. You take the human element away from it yeah. because they're wrong way too often, and it's important. And, and I'm not saying this from the Astros or Rangers side. It was for both sides. Mm-hmm. Just terrible home plate umpire. It was, it was, and, and the umpire last night is, does is known for having the widest strike zone, the biggest strike zone in baseball. Well, that shouldn't be the case. In the rule book, there is a strike zone, Rod. It's well defined. Yeah. So you don't get to have one guy that has his strike zone and one guy that has his strike zone. You have a strike zone. Just call it. I don't understand how baseball purists have argued about this for so long. Once the technology became available, I don't know why it hasn't happened long ago. Well, because baseball fights against right. technology and just like they <laughs> fought against, against progress, the pitch clock yeah. and they fought against all <laughs> exactly. the rule changes yeah, and they, that's just, all the things that have helped the that's, game. That's the nature of the sport. Well, that's, you people yeah. are stubborn. Yeah. And the the check swing calls have been terrible oh. too. On well, both that's sides. More, that, that's that's a judgment call. I get that. That one's tough. But these are not judgments. This is. I mean, you know, tennis has the they've had the eye on the the, the court for mm-hmm. years now, oh, yeah. and they don't get calls wrong anymore. Remember, John McEnroe used to argue calls all the time. Guess what? They don't argue anymore. Calls. They don't because you get them right. It's not that hard, y'all. Yeah, I agree with you. So we got to sit there and watch this stuff where it's a foot outside and he calls it a strike, or it's right down the middle and he calls it a ball. It's like y'all. What are we doing? This is the playoffs. These are big, 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 big pitches. Every moment matters. Every pitch is magnified. Get them right. Maybe, maybe that's the next. Well, you're right. Maybe, maybe that's the uh, next move for Rob Manfred because Rob I, Manfred's legacy they, were the rule changs and the, the yeah, obviously the clock uh, changes and to try to make sure you modernize the game, sped up the game, and everything's worked. It's been a grand slam home run. Even the traditionalists who argued against all the rule changes have now will, are willing to admit, okay, they worked. It's best for the game. The game is is better than it's ever been um, in terms of the uh, aesthetics and how palatable it is. For the new generation, I think you're right. I think Rob Manfred, he might take it on. Rod, the he guy, should. as this texter said, he missed the first ball pitch of the game. It's like, how do you <laughs> yeah. do that, man? <laughs> you got to be ready for that one. Come on, man. You first one of the game. It's yeah. like, yo, man, this is going to be a long night. And I that's that. all I mean, because, again, it wasn't – I don't think it was pro for either side. It was, it was just bad. And I guess that does balance it out, but still, nobody's getting a competitive advantage. Well, but you're it, talking about the product suffering. Right, and, and of course we'll get the text from the the purists that will say, well, it's the human, hu- element. human element. You know what human it's element I the want? The players. I want the players. They're the human element I'm tuning in to see, not the grandstanding umpire who mm-hmm. wants to have his strike zone. He definitely does. Yeah. He doesn't get to have his strike zone. It's, it's a strike zone. It's in the rule book. It's already defined. Yes. You don't get to define it. You're not, you're not that important. That's not you. <laughs> you're not that important. That ain't you. I agree. That's a that's a good rant. I don't know why they haven't done it yet. They are doing it. They're experimenting. They're experimenting with the minor, just like they did with the other rule changes. They they have minor league games to to see how it works, work out kinks, those kind of things. But they know these guys are inaccurate. They have the analytics on these officials and umpires. There's entire websites that that track these guys. Yeah, they have it. Who are the best? Who are the worst? They know how inaccurate they are. Angel Angel Hernandez should have been fired years ago. The guy's terrible. Okay, hey, can we get Rod's rant now? That's mine. Thank you very much. Let me get that out. Now we can go on to Rod's rant because it'll be better. Rod's rant of the day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car. Any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite. And start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. 
All right. Uh, first of all, Specs text a lot of people saying uh, th- that the Astros need to open the roof at home. Um, just open the roof at mid and made. Maybe the Houston skyline will help change the dynamics and outcomes uh, and result in wins. Dusty Baker did bring that up. Go He's, to the other clubhouse. Put Dusty. the Rangers in the home clubhouse. <laughs> uh, Brian McTaggart's report that Dusty Baker uh, on the roof being open at the Guild said we were told there was an agreement we wouldn't have the roof open in either place, and I don't know what changed. So maybe even to get back at the, the Rangers for the miscommunication. Oh, man, open the damn roof. Uh, all right, let's get to some um, text, some uh, discussion about the NFL. We'll get back to Texas football. I promise you that. We'll get to previewing uh, the Texas-Houston uh, Cougars matchup and also hear from Steve Sarkeesian. But I brought this up earlier because uh, there's a, a troubling trend continuing in the NFL from last season. Uh, last season, scoring was down, um, passing uh, stats, passing touchdowns, they were down. Uh, through the first six weeks of the season, we're noticing a very similar trend. Um, and I have a theory as to why. Well, I think it's multifactorial, but I got one reason why. I got a couple of theories I've thrown out there, but I do think it's multifactorial. Uh, I brought these stats up um, earlier uh, this week. Points per game, uh, 21.7 points per game per team is the lowest since 2018. Touchdown percentage, 3.9%, lowest since 2008. Yards per attempt through the first six weeks now. Um, lowest since 2008 at 6.9 yards per completion, lowest ever right now at 10.6 uh, net yards per attempt, uh, 5.95, lowest since 2005, a passer rating, lowest since 2017 at 88.2, and sack percentage actually is the highest since 1998 at 7.2%. So a lot of sacks. Uh, and a lot of that is quarterbacks holding on to the ball a little bit too long, but also defenses, you know, evolving as well, and defenders evolving. So I got some some added some more stats to add to that. So in 2023, teams are scoring together uh, 43.4 points per game. Uh, the 12.1 point margin of victory in 2023 is the largest since 2014. So if you're thinking you're noticing a lot of blowouts that are not competitive, you would be right. You're noticing some blowouts that aren't really competitive. How about this for underdogs? You degenerates in the gambling role like this. I'm not making fun of you. I'm a degenerate, just not of the gambling variety. Uh, underdogs have covered the spread in only 44.8% of games. This goes to how the games have not been competitive, as competitive with the margin of victory. Uh, That would be the lowest percentage, the lowest rate since 2003 of underdogs uh, covering the spread. Uh, Usually underdogs do a lot better than that. Underdogs have pulled upsets uh, 34% of the time. That is the lowest number since 2014. Um, Only 38 38.5% of games have gone over the projected point total. That is the lowest number since 1991. Dang. So Vegas can't get it right because teams are scoring so few points that even Vegas is way off. So only 38.5% of games have gone over the projected point total. Remember, you brought this up, E, the unders. Remember how you said, man, the unders are hitting. The unders are hitting. 13-2 and two last weekend. Exactly, right? The unders are hitting. And Vegas is pretty good at getting the number, the, the, the oh, total right. That's why they build those pretty, casinos, brother. <laughs> yeah. good. But, you know, they've been a little bit off because the NFL has been a little bit off. Yeah, so, that's right. So that's the lowest number since 91. That is that is probably the most staggering of these stats. 397 offensive touchdowns in 2023 through the first six weeks. Uh, they had 500 touchdowns in each year in week through week six in 2020 and 2021. That's a big drop-off. There's a 25% drop in passing touchdowns through Week 6 from 2018 to 2023. Uh, The winners in games in the NFL 
have averaged 27.7 points per game. Um, Last season, it was 26.2, so at least that's up. But those are the two lowest totals for winning teams to average since 2013. Losers are averaging around 15 points per game. Um, That was 17 in 2022, so that number's dropping. So your losers are actually scoring fewer points, and your winners right now, even though they're scoring fewer points, at least you did see a jump. So what's the reason? The NFL is actually doing their own deep dive research to figure out what the hell's going on um, and why, why is the offensive productivity dropping in the league? And they don't like this. They want to – it seems people start talking about it soon, but it's only been like a year and a half where we've seen this kind of precipitous drop in offensive numbers. I think number one – I brought this up yesterday. Number one is quarterback injuries. There's no doubt. Last season, you had 68 different starting quarterbacks. You had 13 teams have to go to a third-string quarterback. I mean, you had a lot of quarterback injuries, which means the productivity, uh, the the products, the level of play, everything drops off. That's the most valuable position in football. So with that drop-off, I think the offense falls off a cliff. And you and this year, early on, we've already had a ton of injuries to quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Anthony Richardson, Jimmy G, uh, Daniel Jones, Bryce Young. That will continue, as we know. So I think that's, that's, that's one of the reasons. But here's my favorite reason. I'm a DB, so it comes from a defensive back's perspective. The younger DBs, I think we're in a, a golden era of DBs right now. And you go look at the young crop of DBs that are in the NFL right now. Um, hell, go look at the Seattle Seahawks. They just drafted that kid what, Witherspoon, who's killing it now as a nickelback. They moved him from corner to nickel. Uh, and then they drafted Tariq Woolen out of UTSA, ended up coming an All-Pro as a rookie. Sauce, Sauce Gardner was a first-team All-Pro as a rookie. We hadn't seen that since Ronnie Lott. Think about guys like Patrick Sertain and J.C. Horn. Hell, Duran Bland's balling. That was a mid- to late-round pick for the Cowboys, balling as a corner. Uh, Jalen Petrie is a really good safety for the Texans. Going to be an all-pro in the future. He's just ridiculously good. Um, I mean, the the list goes on and on. There are a lot of really good young DBs out there. And here's my theory about why the young DBs are so good. They've evolved in a spread era, and now they're spread babies. These are the same kids that were growing up in the 7-on-7 era uh, of of the kind of the high school football 7-on-7 scene where they're going to different circuits. They're spread babies. They grew up with what used to be considered, to me, nightmare fuel, (laughs) right? They grew up with RPOs. They grew up going up against the most athletic mobile QBs, whether it be high school or the college level or now the pro level. Uh, play play action pass up tempo pace and space quick game guys when I went to the when I came to the Big Twelve Nebraska was still running the triple option <laughs> they were I was I was having to take on pulling linemen all right and set the edge uh, Mike Leach had just brought the air raid to the Big Twelve in 1999 that was my first year at Texas all right so team, teams that just started really spreading it out and that spread like wildfire but then from then you got your RPOs and your package plays and your zone read and your read option all of these different cheat codes for the offense schematically but on top of that the leagues the NFL mainly was changing the rules to be advantageous to the offense anyway. Then every league wants the offense, right, to, to, to score a lot of points. That's good for the game, good for football viewers. Chicks dig the long ball. Everybody wants to see points, fantasy football, that kind of stuff. So my point is these younger DBs, they grew up in this disadvantaged era for DBs, and they evolved in it, right? The, the, the rule changes everything, and essentially this football laboratory right, of all these cheat codes and rule changes working against defense – it essentially is like uh, the evolutionary adaptation. It created 
um, football Darwinism, he created a better crop of DBs coming out where now they are used to this um, spread, pace and space, RPO, package plays, cheat code era of football that, that they gave the offense so many advantages uh, when Rod V was coming up and playing in the NFL. Now those advantages, they aren't as, um, they, they aren't as distinct anymore. And they don't create the uh, the huge a- advantage that they once did because these guys are so accustomed and so familiar with it. There's a great quote from The Dark Knight Rises, and we'll end it here. The Dark Knight Rises, if you haven't seen it, with obviously Bane going up against The Dark Knight. And The Dark Knight literally calls himself The Dark Knight because he uses darkness as his ally, right? Darkness is something that Batman uses to his advantage, right? That's why he likes to operate at night. Doesn't want to be out in daytime because, hey, everybody can see him. Wants to operate in that realm. And Bane at one point tells him, hey, man, I actually evolved in the darkness so I am more uh, attuned in the, into the darkness than you are. Here's a quote. Oh, you think darkness is your ally? You merely adopted the dark. I was born in it, molded by it. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. By then it was nothing to me but blinding. That's what these young DBs are. They were born in the darkness. I was born in it. They were born in it. They were molded by it. RPOs, play action pass, pace and space. I used to be freaked out by this stuff. Like, damn, I can't cover all this. It's too much for my mind to process. They're they're spread babies. They're built. It's all programmed into them already. And that's why they're so good. And it's not just the DBs. I'm just coming in from a defensive back's perspective. It's the defensive linemen. It's the front seven. They're all now, they've all been, uh, like I said, they've all been evolved in this spread era. And these these old school cheat codes and force multipliers that used to work for the offense just don't work as well against this generation of defender. Uh, and I would also add to that, right? You're spot on. It's 100% true, the, the uh, spread babies on the defensive side of the ball. But they've also devalued the running back, and they don't play as good on the offensive line. So offenses can't just turn and run the ball, right? Yep. They have a hard time running the ball. They do. Um, they're, they're, the running backs are now by committee, and the offensive line doesn't hit as much, and they don't they don't play as well up front, in my opinion, which leads to the quarterback has to carry everything, and they, his receivers are covered. And they're taking away the deep shots, right? And they're they're tackling well in space. Yep. It makes it tougher to move the football. We'll see if it's a uh, ongoing trend in the National Football League. By the way, uh, Bain that was made that was played by Tom Hardy. Yeah, it was a great voice, all time great voice. It's another reason you should watch Peaky Blinders. Oh. You, should, you guys should both see Peaky Blinders because uh, Tom Hardy has a great role in that that uh, series as well. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's one of the main characters, one of the villains. It's really good. good hey, stuff. we'll come back. Uh, we'll talk Astros Rangers game five today. The all important. And pivotal game five in a best of seven series now knotted at two. Also, we'll play bullish or BS before the end of the hour. It's Hook 'em Up with Ian Rodby on a Friday. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook 'em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Hook 'em Up for sure. 407 today. First pitch, Astros Rangers. Game five from Arlington. Uh, we'll have it for you right here on the horn. That means no sports complex today. We'll have the Rangers game right into Vandergriff football tonight. It'll essentially be our doubleheader of uh, game five. Uh, obviously, the Astros, Rod, playing well in Arlington. They're 8-1 and one this year. You know, I went back and looked at it. 
you know, we talk a lot about the Astros at Minute Maid Park and how bad they've been in, at home, mm-hmm. 40 and 45. Do you realize on October, on August August the 17th, they were 33 and 26 at home? So they were actually almost 10 games over 500 at wow. one point. They're, the collapse at home has been in the last month and a half. That's the stunning part, or two months now. Uh, in their last 26 home games, the Astros have won seven times. That's it. They're 7 and 19. That, and that's really where Astro fans are like, what in the world? Because they weren't a bad home team through mid-August. Nope. I mean, they were actually pretty good. They weren't great, but they weren't bad. And from mid, mid-August, August 17th, they came home for a series with Seattle. And they've been miserable at home since. Now, today is a road game. Rangers have to feel pretty good about the, their situation, too, because they have Jordan Montgomery going to the mound. He's been their best pitcher in the last six weeks as well, or last two months. He'll go to the Hill uh, to face Justin Verlander in a really good matchup. And a big matchup, big spot here for JV and for for Jordan Montgomery. Uh, but that you know they'll go back to Houston now. That's what last night's Astros ten to three win guarantees that they'll they'll go back to Houston, at least for one more game. And that's an amazing number, Rod. Uh, Seven is. and nineteen. I can't believe that. Seven and nineteen as their record in their last twenty six home games. So that's just bad our... at home. In the <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that's, big. that's just bad at home. That's bad. That's not below average at home. That's bad. Yeah, that's that's terrible. Uh, I mean, mm. they, I'm trying to think. The last, I'll go back and look. The last time they won a series at home, mm. like when you, because I mean, was it a three or four game series? You're playing, you know, they they, they just they got swept by they Kansas City. They got swept by Seattle. They got two out of three to Oakland. Um, you know, obviously they're one and one or one and two this year in the postseason at home. It's just a weird, perplexing situation. But uh, and that's the thing, right? Because now that it's series again, it's two two. Now you're thinking, who can win this season? Well, the Rangers still whoever have to feel wins, great. Whoever wins one at home. Yeah, that's right. It's <laughs> a weird thing to say. Well, and whoever I said, can win one at home is going to win this it's, series. It's what I did say after the uh, Rangers won first, too, and I said, I'm not going to panic. I'm not, there's no you white didn't. flag here. Me and Ty have shifted emotionally. You have not. You've been pretty steady. Well, It's going to be a long series. I haven't shifted. Yeah. So I'm, I'll, were, I'll be cocky here. In you about were very now. cocky uh, yesterday, and you were even cockier the day before that. Well, and your I'm, cockiness the, the cockier tie gets, has subsided. The more confident I get. Yeah, you're, you're, I've been <laughs> tired this morning. Oh. I will get there when we're on my third cup of coffee. Okay. The, the caffeine's coming. Okay, all right. All right. You yeah. seemed like you were more confident and cocky. Get yesterday. ready. All right. He's just I tired. Juice myself up. He's just tired. <laughs> he needs some performance enhancing coffee. Well, I think he'd have more energy if his team had won. I think part of that. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Here's the funny part. I, you know, I'm still not confident. I'm an astronaut. Astros fan, and people talk. Somebody, people texted yesterday saying that that I'm, I'm a typical arrogant Houston fan. Houston fans are the opposite of arrogant. Houston, if you've yeah, grown up in it, Houston, you are. We've been battering bruised. You, you're dude. bruised, and yeah. you're, you're expecting the worst at all times. The most the most famous <laughs> moment for the Love Your Blue Oilers was the, right. the meltdown collapse against the right. Bills in the playoffs. That's the that's the most iconic moment for the franchise. What do you think my whole life has been with Dallas teams? That's true too. Well, you, well, you won championships, but you've not when he was one. One well, Maver- Mavericks, you can... Mavericks, Star- and, and stars. Well, amazing. And well, stars and stars, and not well. Yeah, well, nineteen ninety-eight. But at least you guys can go. One. You can go back historically and go. Well, not in my lifetime, but they're a championship. Houston can't do that. Right. Houston, Houston can't even do that. No, there's no love your blue with that. You can't do that. Nineties Rockets. Nineties Rockets. That's it. And what the what the Astros are doing now in the midst of it. That's it. But but for folks who that's say it, we're arrogant, it's annoying. And sorry, the comments. If you're my age, you you're claim that. If you're 50 or older and you grew up in Houston, all you knew was 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 let down in misery. Yeah, come on. Well, that's Cocky. all short. That's Cocky. all the Rangers have ever given me. Think about it. we're well, one, one out of one yeah. strike away twice. And the, no, the, to be a to be your age and be a Cowboys fan has been tough. I, I, I always look back to the series against Toronto when we were up 2-0 and blew that. Yeah, like, there's there's well, a and, lot of disappointment there. In Houston, yeah. I mean, Astro fans lived through the Washington National Series and the World Series in 2019 that was just like this. 
Houston lost two at home, went and won all three in Washington, came home and had two chances to win one game Oh, with Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander as their starting pitchers and that a chance to win brutal. the World Series, and they lost both games. That was brutal. A.J. Hinch kind of blew it in the game seven. Oh, So, yeah, I mean. Uh, yeah, heartbreak, yeah. Heartbreak. Hey, but, the Rockets, remember the Rockets were up on the Warriors. What was that? What are they up on the Warriors? 3-1? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. This guy and then smiling. Chris Paul got hurt. And then oh, Chris yeah. Paul got hurt. Yeah, it's like, they're supposed to beat the Warriors that year. Nope. That's, that's, the, that's the way it usually goes for Houston. The Astros are actually the exception to the rule. That's right. That's why I've said to, like, I have a niece who's seven years old. I'm like, and, you know, just, you don't get used to this. This whole thing with the Astros, this yeah. is like a pipe dream. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> so they've, been, they've been in the World Series, like, every year it's she's like been surreal. alive. I think it it's like if you are a Boston sports fan and you oh, were born yeah. in, like, 1995, you've seen, like, over 20 championships. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. That's yeah, some Patriots, Celtics, crazy. You're right. Red Sox. Damn. And, for, and, then, and then the old school Red Sox fans are like, yeah, what what is this? I mean, I've waited 100 years for this. Yeah. And now you're getting... You know, all these championships. That's exactly right. Well, yeah, so I don't think there's any arrogance in Houston fans. It's more of a no. expectation. But this Astros team has turned, and that's why I wasn't panicked, because I just know that this team uh, has— They got pedigree. They got championship they got DNA. championship We've DNA. And yeah. Guys like Jordan and Ben Altuve, who played in his 100th playoff game last night, um, you know, they just they step up. And, uh, you know, but, you know, I, I, I'm going to say it this way. I, I don't doubt the Rangers' ability to win this series still. I, really, I mean, now that the Astros are back in it, that doesn't surprise me. But the Rangers still have every capability to win this series because that Corey Seager home run last night, that was dumb. Called it. That pitch was like, <laughs> that was a, that was a, the umpire probably would have called it a strike even though it was a foot out of the ball up, but he hit it, he tomahawked it over the fence. That guy's unbelievable with his, to watch he and Jordan Alvarez hit the baseball is ridiculous because uh, Jordan hits everything hard right now. Uh, and Seager yeah. is a really hard guy to get out. Simeon's still not doing much. They need to get Marcus Simeon going if you're a Ranger fan. He needs to be more of an igniter. But uh, this is a big game. I mean, obviously, the, the numbers tell you that mm-hmm. in a best-of-seven series, any any sport, NBA, hockey, baseball, if it's 2-2, the winner of Game 5 wins the series almost 80% of the time Yeah, because uh, you put yourself one win away. Uh, so winner of today's game is in a really, really good spot. And if you're if it's Houston, obviously you're going back home. But they got to figure out that Minute Maid Park thing. Brad, at this point, if you're 7 and tw- 19 in your last 26. I don't know what you do. If you're Dusty Baker, you can't do the same thing. You can't do the same thing, but it's a baseball. Baseball players are very regimented, and they love routine, and they're you know they really superstitious. You can't change too much. I think you, you have just, to, though. You can't let them get comfortable. They're obviously you, too comfortable at home, or yeah, yeah. it's in their own you head. You can't change too much, but you got to change something. You're not going to be able to change a mindset on on like on the dime like you know, that. We'll put them in a hotel. Do something. Don't you let them go to their something. home. I house. agree. I agree. You got to do something. And the Rangers also know that this is a thing, I'm assuming, too. That, yes. that gives them mental confidence. Yes, it does. Going into it. Yeah. I agree. I don't know what he's going to change. I think at this point, because you're right, baseball are, you know, it's between the ears as much as it is between the lines. I think I think they're 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 gripping a little bit at home now. Um, you ever seen the movie Tin Cup when when uh, yeah, yeah. the Kevin Costner character's on the range and he's mm-hmm. he's shanking everything? Yeah, and they get- and, and the caddy turns his hat and he gets <laughs> him all looking goofy and he's yeah. like, so now he's thinking about that, not not how not yeah, bad his yeah. swing is. It's almost, yeah. like, it's almost like Dusty Baker's got to do some of those Jedi mind tricks with him. Yeah, you know, because it is going back to Houston now, win or lose today. You know, put their hat on backwards, do something. I mean, they you know, do whatever you do on the road at home. 
Remember in the like, movie, try to do as much as you, stuff you do on the road at home. Well, you, yeah, stay in a hotel. Like you said, together. stay in a hotel. Whatever you do, that those subtle things. Try to Jim do Gray that. Jim and the owner can pay a bunch of fans to come boom in the lobby. Just That'd be great. Try out. to get a fan to wear, wear Rangers, yeah. Rangers gear. Out of Give out Rangers like jerseys and Rangers T-shirts <laughs> to the fans and tell them, hey guys, y'all need to dress like Rangers fans. Well, ha- Halloween is early this year, Astros fans. It's baseball, <laughs> man. You, they, they, they got too much time to think. So once they start thinking, it's a problem. I love it. Remember, I love the idea. Have you seen the movie Bull Durham? Yeah. Back when, in the day. When, when Annie gives him the garter belt, and so you got to, you know, because, and then you tell him to breathe out of his eyelids like the lava <laughs> lizards. You got you got to give him something to think about. What about Joe Boo? You bring up Joe Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to get baseball players out of their own head. Uh, so, no, you're right. I wonder what he's going to do. He's, he's going to do something. He's, he to. knows this, and he's a savvy veteran manager. He's going to do something. I just wonder what it is because you're right. It can be drastic, but it's gotta, he's got to do something. The definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different and results. Now you have two months of evidence. Since August seventeenth, oh, yeah. I yeah. gave you the numbers. They're seven yeah. and nineteen at home. Yeah, it's, it's and they're going to have to win a game at home at least one to get to the World Series. And uh, <laughs> whoever wins at home is going to win this thing. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the All Texas LCS is everything we hoped for, and it's um, it know, is still good. going. It's good. It's entertaining. It's taking you on an emotional roller coaster already. Even last night, Astros jump out three nothing. Rangers come, come back, back three nothing. Yeah. How you know Jordan hits one that you think is a grand slam, and all of a sudden it's. Sacrifice fly. You're like, how did that not go out? That's some good drama. Then Abreu goes deep and uh, pretty much over from there. Uh, then Ty started taking tequila shots. And, you know, hey. you know that goes. Then he got worked out. Then, yeah, you guys will say it. Then he hooked night ball. No, um, up, no I'm a long term schemer. Oh, your pleasure. Now you are a scammer. I see. Schemer. Oh, schemer. Sorry. Stay schemer. schemer. <laughs> not scammer. Schemer. There's a difference. There is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Scammer. You're just trying to you do, do, do harm to people. You're trying to take what's up. theirs. Scheming. You're just plotting. You're plotting, but not necessarily plotting to do harm or to take something from somebody. The art of the scheme. Art yeah. of the scheme. Scheming, baby. We talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Starting we a seminar. come back. We'll hit some <laughs> bullish or BS into the weekend. Uh, topics we're bullish on and. Things we're calling BS on, including the home plate umpire last night. It took it up with Ian Rodby. The Horn text line has moved. Join the conversation on the new Horn text line, 512-447-3776. That's 512-447-3776. Aaron Hogan, Rod Paper, Austin, Texas Sports, The Horn. Time for Bullish or BS. Brought to you by the Austin Gamblers. By the way, I got a note from our friend J.J. Gotch yesterday, oh, Rod. Yeah. President of the Austin the Gamblers. Playoffs. Playoffs, yeah, they're in baby. Vegas. Vegas. Damn right. Playoffs. Uh, PBR Team Series gets going today. They have a bye, and then they're uh, on the Bulls on Saturday and Sunday looking for a championship. But this week when they got out there, we remember J.J. offered us a spot on the plane. That's nice. They went to the Sphere. JJ went to the Sphere. Saw a oh, concert did he really? There. Yes. Who do you who do you see? I think it's U two again. I think U two is like doing a little residency there in the month Fantastic. of October. And he said it is unlike anything you'll like. Yeah. And another friend of mine that went there told me that if you if you have any type of motion sickness you problem, do it. don't do it. Yeah, I couldn't. I don't think I could go either. It's it's so visually and, yeah. and sensory it, stimulating. It's like the sensory overload. You can yeah, the seats kind of lean overload. forward. Yeah. And, and everything. It, it, it's like you're inside a snow globe. Yeah. And JJ said it was like the the you know, most unbelievable oh yeah concert entertainment experience he's ever. Apparently, witnessed. it's one of those things that uh, a lot of people who um, like to uh, like to like to get on the good good the good good like the good trip. good. Apparently, they, they, if you like any type of uh, 
altered state of mind. Psychoactive like PEDs. Whatever it may be, whatever floats your boat, that apparently that's the place you got to get to. Well, and he posted and you got to get to one of them concerts. Apparently, it is a trip. JJ posted a video <laughs> on, his, uh, on his Instagram, and it's like, oh, my gosh. Because you're watching the concert. You can see the stage, and then you just keep looking up. And everything, there's it, something happening everywhere. Yeah, it keeps changing all the yes, time. I mean, it's it 360 just, yeah. degrees. Oh no, it's yeah. And when you start, and like YouTube's doing shows there, but every major artist is going to try to book a show there. Oh my god, just because it's so kind of iconic the way well, you guess get, what? put guess on a performance there, unlike anything else. Guess where the Super Bowl is this year, Rod? Vegas. Vegas. In the eye. No, the NHL. It, in, the NHL wants to do their draft there. The NHL wants to do their draft. Is in, it big enough to where they could put like a hockey rink in there? I don't know how big. I'm sure Should we it's do a Taylor Swift big. concert up in that thing. Yeah, but I'm uh, saying that when NHL does their hockey well, uh, would, draft I mean, in there, I guarantee every league's gonna do their draft in there, and it's gonna be wild. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> I mean from from where the where the stadium is in Vegas, where they're gonna play the Super Bowl, it's a couple of blocks. Why don't they just do like the halftime show in there? Wouldn't that be better? Ooh, I don't yeah, know for the TV. Yeah, for TV. Audience. I mean, the because like, I don't know. I mean, instead of trucking out stages and all the things, just do it in there. I wonder if the people wouldn't want that to be out because they how exclusive it is to have the experience. Do you want the whole world to just have a free concert inside the, uh, you know what I mean? Right now, the probably I mean, the top venue for concerts in the world. That, that, thing, some, that thing, I've seen so many videos every day. Of just, I've seen videos, but not a whole concert. Not a whole, like literally, it was like 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, I bet you could go. You've seen, you've seen like gl- clips, and they yeah. want you to get those clips because that entices you, gets us talking about it. You want a whole concert of it? They might a decide. A whole concert, but a halftime, halftime what is that, show? Like 15 minutes? I don't know. I don't no, know it's why. About 20, you're in Vegas. I don't know why million. you wouldn't utilize yeah, it. They'll it's, do, it's, they'll do something halftime shows are pretty long. NFL will do something with it yeah. while they're there for the Super Bowl. Well, I know I'm just saying if Donnie pushed back, like, hey, man, you got to pay us a lot of money. We're just giving everybody like a free show here. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that's a, just throwing it out there. I mean, think about it. The NFL doesn't even pay the halftime performers. The NFL's cheap. They're a bunch of cheap billionaires, and they're good at it. Uh, so they don't even pay halftime before. They won't even pay Taylor Swift for it. They just ask her to do it. She's like, I ain't working for free. I just made $4.7 billion on my tour. You want me to do it for free? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> uh, bullish or BS, Rod, I saw this. Where uh, This is from Stephen Holder, who covers the Indianapolis Colts. He said, many of you asked about the Colts and Broncos, potentially in a trade for Jerry Judy ahead of the trade deadline. Trade deadline's at the end of this month, Rod. Here's what I was told by multiple sources. Broncos called the Colts not the other way around Denver is shopping Jerry Judy more than other teams are calling about Jerry Judy. Bullish or BS that Jerry Judy will get traded before this deadline in uh, two weeks? Mm. Or there will be another big trade in the NFL. Do you think there'll be a, there'll be a big trade. Christian That's, McCaffrey caliber I trade? Patrick? I don't know if it's Judy because I don't know if people like Judy that much. Remember Steve Smith calling him out? You're yeah. just a guy. He, just, he called him just a jack. He's a third, basically a third caliber wide receiver, a, th- a third rate wide receiver. I don't know. I mean, somebody might trade for him, but I don't know if anybody's prioritizing Judy. They Is could there be. a trade to be made that can impact one of these contenders? Because there's a lot of parity right now. There's good teams, but it doesn't feel like there's one great team. Adoree Jackson, Cowboys. Who's that? Oh, the corner. The corner? corner? Yeah, the corner. USC bat. Titans. Okay. That's not bad. Okay. Yeah, Cowboys speed. need one. Detroit, speed. Detroit Lions are the team to watch making a move. Yeah, they're they, kind of they an all-in team They right haven't now. been here in a long time as an organization. The ownership, I guarantee you right now, is willing to, to go all-in with them. And they, they're feeling good about that NFC and having a shot in the NFC, especially if the 49ers' injuries keep piling up. Yeah, they feel like they're right there with the Niners and mm-hmm. Eagles. And they are on the lines of scrimmage, and Jared Goff's playing great football. I think that's a great point. 
Also on Bullish or BS, Rob, we'll get into this Michigan situation, investigation into illegal scouting. Is that right? We're Michigan. Jim Harbaugh's team, they're all in. They want to win the Natty this year. They could be in trouble, though. We'll get you details. Also on the Big Ten, that Big Penn State-Ohio State matchup tomorrow in Columbus. Matchup of uh, maybe the two best defenses in college football through the first six weeks. We'll get you that preview as well. Cowboys and Texans both off on Sunday, but another good slate of NFL coming your way. And obviously we've got Game 5, Astros-Rangers. Uh, from Arlington, we'll preview that coming up. It's uh, three hours to go on a football Friday edition. Give them the woo, Rod. Woo!